Update, brought to you by Simcox Advocates. Advising businesses and families since 1949. Visit simcox.com or call 690-300. Manx Radio's Update with Barry Redfern. Good evening, it's half past five. This is Update for Thursday, the 22nd of February from Manx Radio. Tonight, we examine the aftermath following the departure of Julie Edge as Education Minister. As other Crown dependencies replace their Chief Ministers, one MHK here asks if we should do the same. We follow the continuing problems islanders face over some credit cards, and the developer of 200 new homes around the Sulby River hit back at criticism of the plans. More on those stories plus weather, traffic and travel news in just a moment. Now, at uh, 29 minutes to six, the news headlines from Lewis Foster. Faster my, Lewis. Faster my. The former education minister, Julie Edge, says she can understand why her dismissal has been reported in the media as a sacking. Yesterday, the chief minister described the move as a strategic mid-term change. The newly appointed minister, Daphne Kane, says she's relishing the challenge to improve education and is joining the Council of Ministers at a critical time. Meanwhile, an Onken MHK thinks a motion of no confidence in the Chief Minister is not yet on the cards, despite asking his constituents if they want to see a change of direction in the government. In recent months, other Crown dependencies have ousted their Chief Ministers. Rob Callister says he's received hundreds of comments in recent weeks from constituents calling for the same. And the developer behind plans to build a housing estate next to a nature reserve in Ramsey has hit back against what it calls untruths. It's after a petition was launched aiming to have the Solby Riverside project scrapped. In the latest international news, Rishi Sunak's called Sir Lindsay Hoyle's handling of last night's common debate on Gaza very concerning and warned the UK Parliament shouldn't be intimidated by extremists. The speakers apologised after the vote ended in chaos, but more than 60 MPs have signed a motion of no confidence in him. The UK Foreign Office has imposed new sanctions on Russia just days before the second anniversary of the invasion of Ukraine. They target its military supply chains. And companies are being warned they could be sued if they don't make adjustments for women going through the menopause. The Equalities Watchdog says symptoms like hot flushes and brain fog could legally be considered a disability. Those are the headlines. I'll be back with the news at six o'clock. Thank you, Lewis. And uh, look at the weather now. Manx Radio Weather with Manx Glass and Glazing. And it will continue mostly dry with clear spells throughout this evening and overnight. And just a small risk of isolated showers but wintry on the hilltops. Fresh or locally strong westerly winds with temperatures tonight falling to 3 Celsius in sheltered areas. And tomorrow will be another mostly dry and bright day with uh, sunny intervals and only isolated showers. The fresh westerly winds will moderate by the, uh, the afternoon, that is, and with afternoon temperatures around 7 Celsius. The outlook, uh, similar over the weekend, with only one or two showers and plenty of bright or sunny skies. However, the lighter winds will mean an increased risk of overnight ground frost. Sunset today at 5.41 and sunrise tomorrow at 7.22. 
High water today at 10.54, uh, that's at 5.9 metres, and low water uh, tomorrow at five, or three minutes past five, that's at 1.7 metres. Manx Glass and Glazing can supply and install single, double and triple glazing. Call 674-573 or visit the showroom on the Snugborough Trading Estate. The former Education Minister, Julie Edge, says she can understand why her dismissal has been reported in the media as sacking. Yesterday, the Chief Minister described the move as a strategic midterm change. So, Phil Gorn put the question to the Omkin MHK. He was really quite upset that Manx Radio suggested you'd been sacked. Uh, what do you think has happened? Certainly I can understand why Manx Radio might have used that headline. I must admit I wasn't impressed myself when I first seen it. However, he's saying a strategic reshuffle. I'm certainly, Phil, looking forward to seeing that reshuffle because it's certainly needed. We do need strategic leadership for the island um, to take the island forward. I had a pre-declared position on whistleblowing. I've been very clear in my statement that I did ensure that I got confirmation from the Chief Minister that I had that pre-declared position at the latter end of last week. And then if you look at events since since that, and um, I'm aware he did say to me that he'd spoken to, to Mrs Kane uh, on Friday. Well, my email was on the Friday, so I'm aware of some of the timeline. And then I, I did send him an email on Tuesday to say that I might be speaking with regards to the Casey Wright report um, into the government's handling of Rosalind Branson. But uh, did it come as a surprise? Well, I think there was there's a lot of underhand operations gone on in the background. The facts that I've given out are the correct ones. Some of the ones um, that, you know, sometimes come out or, or haven't been. So I, I delivered a combing message to the South and... Uh, you know, it, it seems to have now come back full circle on me. Well, meanwhile, the Chief Minister has thanked Mrs Edge for her time as Education Minister. Alf Cannon has strategically replaced her with Garth MHK Daphne Kane. Mr Cannon's been explaining why he's made the move, while Mrs Kane has been summarising her priorities. Julie's been uh, incredibly professional all through the time that she's done the job, um, and, you know, I have to take responsibility for evolving uh, the team and making sure that we're performing to the very, very best um, for the occasion. And I think that, uh, you know, I, I've done what I said I was going to do. I was going to look at the team uh, at the midterm point. I continue to, to do that. I don't think we should settle for comfort zones. We've got clear challenges ahead of us. Treasury Minister delivered a difficult budget yesterday, but our commitments are to make sure that we're doing the very best for the people of this island in all uh, all the public services that we're delivering. But clearly, the emphasis, a big emphasis at the moment, is on on health and and education. Education, education, education. Um, obviously, culture and sport are also very important across the island. We have amazing talent on the island, and for me, it's ensuring that. Every child, young person and older people have all the opportunities for lifelong learning um, to reach their potential, but to have an enjoyable um, nurturing time within our education system so that they are inspired to go forward and have you know, productive lives, um, achieving potential. But I think the Isle of Man has a, an enormous um, strength in the community and we 
we have some wonderful schools, but there have been areas that have um, struggled, I think, over a few years. I I want to get back the pride in our education and the the confidence that we are delivering and achieving the best education system that we can for the people of the Isle of Man. Update brought to you by Simcox Advocates. And it's 22 minutes to six. Well, off the back of news on social media this morning, Onkin MHK Rob Callister has asked his constituents if they want a genuine change in direction for the government. In recent months, other Crown dependencies have replaced their chief ministers, which Mr Callister says he's, says he's received hundreds of comments from constituents calling for the same here. Speaking with Christian Jones, he was asked if it's likely we'll see a no-confidence moat, most motion in Alfred Cannon's leadership. I'm not too sure at this moment in time, but that is what people are asking for. People are asking for change, and it's very unusual for the Isle of Man to even consider a vote of no confidence in a chief minister, and that's got to be a decision, t- a decision taken very, very carefully. I personally, as I said, I had confidence in the chief minister in 2016 and again in 2021. I supported him and voted for him to be the chief minister of the island. I'm not liking some of the decisions and the directions he's taken this island. And I think some of the decisions he's making is not being fully explained. You cannot have a mid-term change by only making one person change in the, within that organization. That's not how it works in the private sector. If, if, if something's not working or a direction's not being followed, then you look at the whole organisation. You don't just look at one individual person to single out. If there was a no-confidence motion tabled, do you think that there would be enough uh, backbench support to actually push that through? I'm not sure we are talking about a vote of no-confidence in the current Chief Minister at this time. What I'm talking about is this government, this administration, needs to listen to what people are saying and try to change the direction we're going, trying to make those tough decisions, but also understanding how it's impacting on our community. The developer behind plans to build a housing estate next to a nature reserve in Ramsey has hit back against petitioners who want the project scrapped. The Solby Riverside scheme would see around 200 new homes, parks and a pub built on land along the banks of the Solby River, close to the centre of the town. Josh Church is the project director. So the flood risk, it has to be looked at on the documentation that is extremely, extremely professionally done. And you will see Backer, the architects on this, have designed things internationally. And not only that, we're spending a huge amount of money and investment on the area to bring this information to the island, which allows them then to take this as a precedent on other places of the island. There is no doubt that the area is a floodplain. It's an area of salt marsh. Do the people of Ramsey not have some justification raising concerns about the potential loss of these areas? So in terms of flooding, no, there aren't any concerns because, as I say, we've modelled it out on hugely, hugely unlikely flood events and everything is actually better than it is now. So that's the first thing. The second thing is the spine road is being built which is huge infrastructure, very, very helpful for town, avoids closing the roads during the TT, etc. And it just offsets all that road, the road issues there and creates a much better connectivity. The second part is talking about the salt marsh areas. 
first of all, it's just a point that there's been three years that we started this application and we've already been into committee twice. And I'm not sure where these people have been for the last three years because they've just started a Facebook page yesterday, as far as I can see. And we've been open to discussion with every party. We've amended the planning application to suit all parties. But every time there's a committee on a Monday, Friday afternoon, we have quite coincidentally, we have people coming out of the woodwork with various questions they want to ask. And I just need to say, you know, all this information is there, extremely professionally done for people to review. And it's hugely frustrating. And it's basically putting a rubber stamp on not only the island, but on Ramsey to say, do not invest here. So we're open to discussions. We've been, been amenable. The, the scheme is compliant. We're not going into the Greenbelt area, which is the other option is just a local developer can go and build very boring boxes on the Greenbelt and go out of town. This land is zoned to be built on. Sea Watch with the Isle of Man Steam Packet Company. So let's have a look first at the uh, the Manxman sailings uh, departing for Hesham. Uh, that departed on time, expected in Douglas at quarter past six. And the sailing uh, from Douglas departs at quarter to eight, expected in Hesham at half past eleven this evening. A look at tomorrow morning, uh, rather in the early hours of the morning, uh, departing Hesham at 2.15 and expected to arrive in Douglas at six in the morning. And one more, um, the Douglas departure, 8.45, expected in Hesham at 12.30. Follow the Steam Packet on Twitter for the latest sailing information. And the time now, 16 minutes to 6. Discussions about how to ensure island residents can access credit cards are continuing with other jurisdictions, which are also facing difficulties. The Enterprise Minister, Tim Johnston, also told Tinwalt that earlier conversations with Tesco about the possibility of making credit cards and other financial products available have now stopped. The sale of the financial services business, including credit card, loan and savings business operated by Tesco Bank, is currently awaiting approval by the Financial Conduct Authority in the United Kingdom. The sale, if approved, is likely to go ahead in the second quarter of 2024. As a result, Tesco will no longer supply any credit card services in any jurisdiction. However, the intended purchaser is Barclays Bank. We will continue to engage with Barclays in regards to the potential reintroduction to the island of credit card offerings to new applicants. Although that will be a decision for Barclay Card, ultimately, not the local entity. The Department also continues to discuss with other potential interested parties, including banks, and remains in dialogue with counterparts in Jersey and Guernsey who face similar uh, challenges. There is ongoing dialogue um, with banks on, on Ireland, both politically and, and through officers. Um, and also, we have the Secretary of the Ireland Banking Association, who is actually a a member who sits on the finance agency, so we have we have regular and constant constant contact uh, regarding this issue. And as far as Tesso's is concerned, like I say, we had that uh, meeting back in November. Uh, Chief Minister that was involved in that at the time, we, and at the time the question was raised on credit cards. Clearly, what's happened since then is Tesco's have announced that they're pulling out of this market completely. So on that basis, no, we haven't continued with any further conversations with Tesco's. But like I say, uh, with the um, announcement that they're potentially looking to sell uh, that, that entity to Barclays. We will continue uh, the, 
the dialogue with Barclays, as we do with all other banks. Manx Radio Business Briefing. And the UK and European stocks powered higher, taking the benchmark index to a record close as investors assessed earnings and data showed light ahead for the regional economy. The dollar fell as traders digested a slew of largely better-than-expected business activity surveys looking for implications for interest rates. Crude oil futures were slightly lower at, as, as a senior Israeli official sees initial signs of progress towards a deal to release hostages held in Gaza and as the market awaits for US inventory data. Gold prices edged higher while investors await more US economic data that could shed light on the Federal Reserve's interest rate outlook. Lloyds Bank on Thursday reported a 57% jump in full-year profits and announced another £2 billion share buyback, but also set aside £450 million for the regulatory probe into US motor financing. The initial provision to cover potential claims for the Financial Conduct Authority's review into suspected overcharging by car finance lenders will be a concern to investors and the bank admitted there was significant uncertainty around the extent of any misconduct linked to the Black Horse Division, which holds £15.3 billion in loans. The Stock Market Report, brought to you by Ramsey Crookall. And at the close, the FTSE 100 was up 0.29% at 7,684. The DAX uh, up uh, 1.47% at 17,370. At 5 to 5, the Dow Jones was up 0.69% at 38,879. S&P 500, 5,066, that's up 1.7%. And the Nasdaq up 2.46% uh, at 15,964. Exchange rates, the pound against the US dollar, 1.264, and against the euro, 1.169. Uh, Commodities, gold is down 0.24%. That's uh, 2.02 US dollars. And Brent uh, is up 0.61% at 8 83.61 US dollars. I'm running late again. Do you know where I put my car keys? In the fridge. Where's my phone? Under the dog basket. Bye. You haven't forgotten that we're seeing Ramsey Crook all later? Oh, uh, no, of, of course not. Um, 5pm, is it? Quarter to three. I'll be there. Life is busy. That's why Ramsey Crookall's team takes time to help you make a mindful investment decision. Considering all the options, giving you full control of your financial future. Less stress, more assurance. Forgot to put my shoes on. Oh. See how we can make your money work for you. Call 717171 or visit RamseyCrookall.com. Licensed and regulated by the Isle of Man Financial Services Authority. This is Update, coming to you live from Max Radio. Time now is 11 minutes to six. A former key ca Keys candidate and senior policy officer in the Treasury says Tuesday's budget is evidence of a government in panic mode. Gerard Higgins, who worked in Treasury for 39 years and stood unsuccessfully in South Douglas in the 2021 election, says the latest two-pence increase to the higher rate of income tax will put more pressure on the squeezed middle and low-income households. I personally feel as though it is a government in panic. Uh, I can't recall uh, in my involvement with the budget over the years uh, actually six members voting against the budget. And I think what June Watterson said, I think... Uh 
is very important that we don't really have the infrastructure at the moment in place to support the growth in our economy. And I, I think time will tell when it comes to the ballot box in September 2026 as to what the public really think of this administration. And I suppose the key is if it works. I mean, the Treasury Minister will will say that, um, you know, we're bringing in more tax. It's going to put money, more money into Treasury, into the economy, and it's going to help us get out of the problems we've got. But is this sufficient? I don't think that it necessarily is. I think what you need to do is rather than looking at raising additional revenue, you should go back and look at your expenditure first. I think it's important to look at your expenditure, look at your value for money, look at how much you're paying out in terms of the likes of agencies, quangos, everything like that. And also look at the wage bill for government itself, because if you look at that wage bill, it's taking up 41% of government expenditure, £490 million. That doesn't mean that you're making people redundant tomorrow you can do that through natural wastage and if it was one percent in year one up to five percent in year five you're still saving 75 million pounds over a five-year period so i think you need to look at everything like that first before you look at determining raising manx radio sport and it's Faster My now, Rob Pritchard. Faster My, good evening. Starting with football, and tributes are being paid to Moran AFC President George Corkill following his death earlier this week. In a statement, the club is sending its condolences to Mr Corkill's family and friends at this time, describing him as a massive part of Moran AFC for nearly 50 years. Having most recently served as president of the club from 1995 to 2024, Mr Corkle also previously served as Moran chairman between 1991 and 1995, vice president of the Isle of Man FA between 1986 and 1988, as well as being FA rep for Moran between 1977 and 1990. The club goes on to describe Mr Corkle as always a gentleman who gave exceptional service to both the club and FA for almost half a century. A one-minute silence will be held across all Isle of Man football matches this Saturday in Mr Corkill's memory. Elsewhere in football, maturity and experience. Those are the qualities FC Alabama manager Paul Jones feels the club's new signing, Daniel Hattersley, will bring to the table this season. The Ravens announced the capture of the ex-professional striker this week. His career has seen him previously play for the likes of Southport, Halifax Town, Stockport County and Chester. What's more, Hattersley is in contention to make his debut for the Manx side this weekend as he's been named in the squad travelling to face Kendall Town in the NWCFL Premier Division on Saturday. Jones adds it's not just on the pitch where the side's new acquisition is already making his presence known. He's a really good bloke to have around. He's made an impact in training in the last couple of weeks in terms of how he's sharing his knowledge and understanding with other players within the group. And it's important we have those sort of characters and players in our group. And in cycling, Mark Cavendish just missed out on a top 20 finish in today's fourth stage of the UAE Tour in Dubai this afternoon. The Manx missile finished 21st. Elsewhere, Manx resident Ben Swift came home in 30th for Ineos Grenadiers. Manx Radio Travel, driven by Keyside Tyres and Service Centre. And you'll be pleased to know that uh, there's no trouble in the air, all on time. Uh, so let's go on now to the traffic. Uh, so until the 27th, temporary lights on Crosby Terrace near the Dukes Road in uh, Douglas, also in Douglas, temporary lights towards the bottom end of uh, Summerhill for gas repairs. And uh, until the 5th, temporary lights on Brighton Terrace at the uh, uh, Mount Bradder Junction. That's 24 hours a day for gas main replacement. 
Quayside Tires and Service Centre with one year's free engine warranty from Castrol. Get more with... The team behind the restoration of Ramsey's Queen's Pier is hoping they'll make significant progress on the scheme this year. The man leading the project, Graham Curphy, says they're delighted with how it's gone so far. We do have a good nucleus of regular volunteers now, and that can be up to 10 or 11 per day during the week that we work. So from that point of view, we are extremely lucky, and these people have been working with us now for a fair while. Once the steel arrives, we are able to now complete a bay in two months with all the steel, all the wood, and all the other bits and pieces, the handrails, the stanchions, the lamps, if there are lampposts there to go on. But what does hinder us is the fact that we have to do all the lifting, the heavy lifting, off the beach. So so we have to rely not only on the weather but on the tide as well. They are hindering factors but we work around them and as we do more and more we get more and more experience and that helps with the speed of what we can do the work. An awful lot of our, our fundraising, our ladies that do the fundraising are very very good at what they do and it's based mainly in, in the north and the people of Ramsey and the North support us so well on all of our functions, it is humbling to say the least, it really is. But that doesn't decry from everybody else around the island who buy planks, who do the other stuff to support us as well. We have visitors coming over who come on a regular basis to the Isle of Man and some of them make a pilgrimage to the pier to hand in boxes of biscuits and uh, jars of coffee and things like that for the comfort of the volunteers and that is all part and parcel of the support that we enjoy. What you can do with the pier once it is restored is to uh, bring back the old-fashioned pier that you can go out, you can fish on it, you can walk up and down it, you can just get fresh air, you can just enjoy the view of South Ramsey from the end of the pier once it's all done. And that's it for this evening. From today's update team, newsreader Lewis Foster and producer Tessa Hawley and myself, Barry Redfern. Take care and have a good evening.